Welcome to Canada's podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Canada's podcast. My name is Rivers Corbett and just really, really, really thrilled to have a voice of entrepreneurship in Atlantic Canada uh, with us today. And I'm really pleased and honored to introduce to you Mr. Liam Byrne. Liam is is just one of those guys. Well, why he and I get along so well is because he's like me. We can't get enough of this freaking space. As much as it may cause headaches and pains, the joys and the thrills of being involved with the entrepreneurship journey are really, really, really special. So, uh, uh, Liam, welcome to uh, Canada's podcast, my man. Thanks, Rivers. I appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, we're going to have a great conversation because we're going to talk about, like, you know, I, I want to get into Enterpriser Canada, which has really become the voice in Atlantic Canada for the entrepreneur. Uh, it's about events, it's a media brand. It's focused in on highlighting the local talent, uh, investing in the future of Atlantic Canadian entrepreneurs. And you got some really cool stuff happening with that. But take us back to, to those, uh, those times when you said, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. What was it that tweaked in you and said, I got to be an entrepreneur? Oh man, um, <laughs> my uh, my inability to take direction. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> like all of us, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I actually like the the first real exposure that I had to entrepreneurship was uh, was really young. Um, I was, uh, I was actually selling, uh, I was selling like uh, stuff door to door and I had an opportunity to, uh, vacuum, cl- va- vacuum cleaners. You were not. Yeah. When you I was like 19, not. when I was like 19 years old, I was oh, selling brilliant. vacuums door to door and I was actually really good at it. Um, and the opportunity came up to have, like open my own like distribution office. Right. And uh, I didn't really understand what that meant at the time. Uh, but, you know, I like incorporated a business. And I started hiring people all the direction of somebody much older than me. And uh, I kind of just caught the bug. Now, I mean, I failed miserably and I failed miserably many times after that, too. Sure. Um, right. It's the right of passage. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The first um, a real uh, exposure that I had to uh, to entrepreneurship, um, I had an opportunity to leave Canada and go live in Poland um, and work for a tech startup, um, which is now the very well known email marketing company called Get Response. And at the time, Get Response was still just in you know one building with you know maybe a hundred MBs. It wasn't very big, and so the founder was still very involved in the company. And I was like, this is really cool. Like, like he was, he was in all the meetings, he was on the phone with customers and stuff. It was, it was a really interesting experience in comparison to what I'd had working for big corporations. And so when I got back here to Canada um, and started to branch out on my own, I started to really learn about the tech entrepreneurship space. And this was in 2012. And that's when I hit my first real um, business. I started a tech startup called Freshify. And my goal was to provide, get this, because it's hilarious. I, I My goal was to provide fresh organic food delivered to the door of everybody in Halifax um, nice. and eventually in Atlantic Canada. And wow. I... Yeah, and it was this is before food was being Dude, delivered. Yeah, and no, and 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 everyone was like, 
this is a really cool idea. And I had the, the back end built, the website built, the, I had put a bunch of my own money into it. And I started going out for funding and people were like, people were telling me, no, people are never going to order fresh food online and have it delivered yeah. to their door. <laughs> and I couldn't get any more money. <laughs> I couldn't get, I couldn't get any funding for it. And I was like, this is such a good idea. And you know, a couple of years later, I mean, look where we are now. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah. Uh, well, so, so uh, first of all, I'm curious as to how did you get you know people leaning in the young young entrepreneurs in particular? How did you get the job in uh, Poland? Uh, that, that's that's an interesting <laughs> journey. That was really just um, a right place, right time thing. There was uh, I was um, I was working for a company and I wasn't making a ton of money. And my uh, my wife at the time, or my ex wife, uh, we yeah. just found out that we were pregnant, and okay. I was like, <laughs> I need yeah. to be like, I need to be grown up mode now. I need to be making more money here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started I started looking for for um, for you know better paying jobs and stuff, and I came across this this position of of uh, director of sales, um, and I had a ton of sales experience. And the guy that was recruiting over in Poland, he was from um, he was from South Africa. He worked for eBay before and he had come over to this startup to help. And we just hit it off. We were both like really heavy duty salespeople at the time. We chatted back and forth. The numbers looked right. And uh, he said, you know, you got to you got to spend a couple of months in Poland. And I was like, yeah, man, like, let's do that. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my, yeah. my ex-wife was not over enthused about me no, disappearing during so. her early pregnancy. Um, yeah. but <laughs> but it was still a great time, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's I, I just love it. it man, you're a real you're a real pioneer in that whole space uh, that you're hanging out. It, the, the spaces you've hung out with, you know, things such as the the CRMs, the email marketing, the organic food, and so on. But a sales guy through and through. And so you know, I want to touch into that um, because. To me, it's the number one, I'll call it, uh, talent that is really lacking in entrepreneurs uh, in, in, in our world, let alone Atlanta County. We spend so much time teaching people about how to pitch to investors. We forget about how to teach them, not how to, we just don't do it, teaching them on pitching to customers. Can you talk about some fundamental uh, um, uh, mistakes that entrepreneurs are are going through right now in that whole area of sales. You say you got to get focused in on these things because you're just seeing that that void in the market right now. Yeah, I mean, when it when it comes to um, best practices, really, yep. the best practice is that there 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 are no rules when you're a small business owner. Um, like you know. Uh, cash is king and what a lot of businesses fall flat on their face. And what I've noticed and what I always had a hard time, you know, in the beginning too, was managing the uh, managing transaction all the way through till the end. Right. Because right. just because someone says that they're interested in buying something from you, like that checks a box off. But, 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 but having that, that revenue is so, it's still so far away in most cases. Um, yeah. And so the, the biggest way to manage that is to have developed a great relationship with who it is that you're, you know, the, the person writing the checks basically is right. to have a pre-established relationship. And uh, I would, I mean, I really have to say that you should never be going into a situation where you're 
trying to sell something or where you're asking for money where the person that you're talking to doesn't already 100% know why you're there through mm -hmm. your marketing activities, through your pre-sale activities, right? If you're going into, whether it's a pitch conversation, whether you're going in, like what well, I talk to, like my daily, most daily function is talking to potential sponsors for conferences and for our right, magazine right. and for a podcast. If I'm going and sitting down in front of somebody and talking to them about that and have, you know, having the brochure in front of me, I expect that they, through my other activities, that they've already, they already know why I'm there. They already know, you know, what package I think is best for them. They've seen all the commercials. They've seen the advertisements online. I've sent them three or four emails. They've seen the videos, right? All this stuff has already happened because the last thing you want to do is be sitting down in front of somebody and having that really awkward situation where you still have to sell the gap, where you still are trying in the final pitch to try to figure out what it is that the customer needs to buy from you. You should already know that that should be long gone. It should be a formality that you're just sitting down and saying, here's what I think. It should be like, you know, that should be the handshake, the handshake session, not, you know, the, well, which, which one of these would you like to buy today? <laughs> that should have happened a long time ago before you ever sit down with someone, because what entrepreneurs will find and what I've found is it is really, really, really difficult to sit down with somebody especially when you're a new business and it's very difficult to get in front of somebody. So you have to make so much use, like perfect use of that time. And so overcoming barriers and hurdles or doing like closing or, you know, uh, ob objection, handling objections, all that stuff should be long, long gone, you know? Um, so having a, having a great relationship, having a great relationship and having them understand it. I, mean, I, I love this conversation because so much we dive into, you want to buy, 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 right? And you're saying, no, it's about relationships and uh, finding that niche, it's finding that, that need and or that pain point, whatever you want to call it, and making sure that by the time you get to that person's office, they know that you're there to help them and you've got a solution and you just need to talk about that solution. So I find this, you know, in our day and age, it's really about, okay, rush, rush, rush. What you're suggesting, it's a little bit more of a dance to a waltz to a, okay, now we're ready to kiss type of thing. How do you, how do you approach that, 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 the, the journey, if I could say that, Craig, is there certain hacks that you use that just keep you focused in on that? Cause I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's kind of like courting, right? Uh, courting right. in the 1800s. <laughs> um, and so the pre-sale activities and the, um, and the marketing activities of your business have to be on point, right? So, um, you know, you, I, I can drill down far enough into my marketing activities to know whether or not the person who I'm going to be sitting in front of, I, I know what they've seen. I know if they've seen my advertisements. I know if they've seen my meals. In fact, I'll be honest with you. I know if they've even clicked on links in the email, the my email marketing emails that they've sent out. So I already know all this stuff. And so, yeah, you're and and so the pre-sale activities are things like uh, making sure that you have someone who's sending out specific brochures or that you're the funnel that you've built for that person to travel through before they meet with you, making sure like checking where they are in that funnel. I want to know how many different pieces of marketing information they've seen already so that I can fill in those gaps. So one, I don't look like I'm repeating myself and two, I know yeah. where they are in their head and part of their customer journey. Um, and so one of the biggest hacks for that is having a great, well, properly functioning CRM. Like I use HubSpot um, and HubSpot. HubSpot. 
Okay. Yeah, HubSpot connected with with my email marketing system, which I use Mailchimp. So yeah. I've got Mailchimp, I've got HubSpot, um, and uh, you know for landing pages I use Unbounce. But when all those things are functioning properly together, I can go into a potential client, somebody who I, I'm thinking about selling. I can see where they are in their life cycle. I can see what marketing information they've got. I know exactly where they are in the process. And as a small business owner, especially someone. Uh, you know, really just first starting out when when revenue is so key, like you really have to be that dialed in to your potential clients. Like you have to know exactly who they are, what they are, where they are. Yeah. And in order for you to be able to, to you know, close that sale, essentially. Yeah, I love that. I love that piece. And, and uh, you know, I love it because I'm terrible at it. I really dive into the relationship. I'll just dance to the until you want to kiss me versus really understanding. <laughs> oh, no. This is the deal. She's going to wear this first. He's going to do this and so on. I don't really analyze that. And it's because I'm not a detailed person. So I love the fact that you've reinforced that to me. It doesn't matter if I'm a detailed person or not. Get the system in place and at least have someone who can manage it for you. Look after those detailed pieces because when you get there, you're lucky to have that time. 100%. Yeah. I love it. I and, love it. I love it. You know, don't do everything yourself. You know, I've done that before. It's, you know, some people don't want to spend money on uh, on maybe uh, hiring somebody because it saves money. But, you know, what whatever my strengths are, that's what I have to, to, to use. It's being in person to person meeting up great at doing person to person meetings. But all yeah. the other setup stuff like, you know, I, I got to have somebody else do it. Because if I focus all my energy on all those other things, I'm going to fall fall on my face when it comes time to do the one really good thing that I'm good at, you know, I love it. And, and HubSpot, you're a you're a fan of that because they provide you with all those supports and resources to help you with it. Yeah, I like well, I like HubSpot because of because of the fact that almost everything is automated. You yeah. know, it, it syncs up with all the other tools that I use. The G Suite, it syncs up with Mailchimp, it syncs up with Unbounce. So everything just feeds into HubSpot, and I really don't have to do anything. And it's it's uh, it's incredibly low cost too. Like I mean, a lot. It's like Salesforce is incredibly expensive. If I had my druthers, I'd use Salesforce. Um, but okay. I mean, I don't feel like spending a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Um, so HubSpot's cheap, and it has all the automation tools. It's not as robust, but I don't have enough employees really to justify that kind of expense yet. Thanks for letting us take a, a, a jump down that rabbit hole because there's not too many uh, sales professionals out there that uh, that really drive deep in, into what we just talked about. So thank you for that. So yeah. so you you uh, you had an events company that was very much focused in on um, on doing. Uh, events specifically for entrepreneurs, bring them together, bring value, bring education, bring relationship building and so on. But you did it across the country and mm -hmm. you have pivoted to, I'm going to say contract, but not really contract. You pivoted and said, I'm going to go deep in Atlantic Canada rather than wide in Canada. What's, what Tell us about Enterpriser and what's your mission that you're on right now? And driving um, and driving entrepreneurship, the journey, the conversation, the success of entrepreneurship in Atlantic Canada. Sure. Uh, yeah. So we met uh, in 2016 at the Entrepreneurial Development Conference and Expo. Uh, yep. I, I can't remember who it was that introduced us. But anyways, uh, the Entrepreneurial Development Conference and Expo was a conference at the time, it was just going to be a one-off show. I thought maybe 100 people would show up. You know, I really didn't think it was going to – what was going to happen happened. Um, but uh, it was – 
just a, a gathering for people to network and to bring in, um, you know, 50 or 60 experts from the Atlantic region and also from around different parts of the world to talk about the best practices for really the, uh, the young entrepreneur, the new entrepreneur. Um, and we did that and it was so successful that a lot of our sponsors were like, you should do this across the country. We've, we'll, we'll support you everywhere. And so we did, we went, uh, and we did a whole bunch of sessions, uh, through, you know, from between 2016, 2018, uh, it was, uh, insanely exhausting, uh, to do something like that, uh, with such a small team. And what I noticed was that although we had a great time and were successful in every city that we went to, I just didn't have the same, uh, the same passion for it that we did when we did the, two, the show in 2016 and the show in 2018 in Halifax. Um, so, uh, so anyone who was at the 2018 show and also probably remembers that I also became quite sick and was hospitalized. So uh, we did take quite a bit of a break after the, that last show. Um, and I got into consulting work because I wanted to kind of dial back how much effort I was putting out into the world. But, uh, we, I was, I, I missed it so much. We started to ramp up the third EDCE show for 2020. That's when we were going to get back into it. I'd been doing consulting. We wanted to get back into it and then COVID happened. And you know what? I'm really glad that COVID happened because I was all in to go back and start doing the same thing I was doing before, which was follow the sponsors across the country, follow the money basically. And yeah. when COVID happened, we had to cancel the show and uh, it made me take a really, really deep look at what I actually was enjoying out of this, right? Like take my own advice, really like is do what you love, right? Help other people. Money will be a byproduct. As yeah. long as you're trying to help other people and doing what you love, and so um, I needed to create a couple of a, diff, uh, a couple of additional foundations for the company in case there was another pandemic. So we have the magazine, Enterpriser Magazine, and we have the podcast, Enterpriser Podcast. Those will yep. survive no matter what. And yes. but the the you know the uh, you know the the whole. Look to the whole thing is the Enterpriser event. So we rebranded it from the Entrepreneurial Development Conference and Expo to Enterpriser Canada. But Enterpriser Canada is a content producing company for entrepreneurs for Atlantic Canada only. Our, you know, the 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 pinnacle is our one once a year event. Um, but then we have our quarterly magazine, which we'll be launching at the first uh, event in 2023 in April. Um, yep. And then we have our biweekly podcast, which which launches next month. And so we're a year round content providing company. It's like a hub for entrepreneurs in Atlantic Canada. I love it. I love it. I love it. So how are you getting the message out right now? You know, uh, you're talking, you spend a lot of time with sponsors and so on. Uh, how are you getting the message out right now about the value proposition that uh, enterprises bringing to the to the market? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the value proposition is different depending on who you're talking to. For the uh, for the attendees, you know, the the per, the attend people that go to the show, the value yeah. proposition is in learning from the speakers. Uh, we were were obviously blessed with the um, a massive database of people who have already attended the show from uh, sponsors, from key partners, stakeholders all the way down to the thousands of people that actually came to the show. So those databases still exist and have always been nurtured uh, on social media and email marketing. And so we've just recently started sending out, you know, email marketing 
um, information to people uh, with regards to that. There's a ton of activity on social media. We've uh, made the decision to move away from Facebook, as a lot of people are doing now, um, sure. because the uh, the the audience is a little more mature on, on LinkedIn. And so all of our marketing activity is now happening on LinkedIn. And I'm just noticing the people, the uptake, even in the first, like we only announced the Enterpriser Conference about a month. Uh, yeah, just like six weeks ago. And there's already uh, something like 650 people who have RSVP'd on oh, LinkedIn. And I'm going through the list of the people and they're, it's it's a very mature audience. We're talking about a lot of C-suite people in medium businesses have, have RSVP'd. And then of those 650 people, we've got a couple of hundred who have all gone even further down the, the funnel and who have now actually registered on Eventbrite and given our details saying, as soon as the ticket goes on sale, I'm buying one, email me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did, I didn't expect that 13 months away from a from a conference we'd have 650 people who are like let's go but there is and i think it's because there hasn't been events in you know two years but uh people are like really 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 pumped about it i'm already i've gotten uh i mean i've got a whole spreadsheet now of of dozens of guests for the podcast uh we've got at least 15 speakers who have were you know still interviewing like things are moving really really fast and i'm really pumped about it oh, that's so cool so 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 as, as entrepreneurs, we're leaning in, we're saying, okay, Liam, you're out there, you're out there, you're out there, but you got to feed yourself right now. How are you bringing in revenue uh, while you're uh, while you're moving towards this, uh, the momentum you've gotten? Congratulations on that. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, well, I mean, I, uh, I did survive for a couple of years as a consultant. And uh, so I've developed some pretty good relationships with a couple of like major clients that I still serve as, um, cool. uh, so, you know, managing their email marketing campaigns, yep. their funnels online. Um, I mean, that's, that's what I'm good at, whether it's my business myself or whether I'm helping another business develop their own sales funnel. However, it's just not something that I pictured doing for the rest of my life. I got in it for two years and I was like, you know, I'm good at this, but it's not what I love. So fortunately I still have some clients that pay the bills, but, um, yeah. but, but the, uh, you know but the what? There's, dude, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we, you know, entrepreneurs go, as you, you mentioned a little earlier, you, you went to, did some, uh, had some businesses didn't work out. So you do what you got to do, but yeah. you've always been honest to that spirit that, that want to have your own business and to have your own event business and media business. And the fact that you're doing that with some extra, you know, getting some clients on the side to help you get there. That's just freaking awesome. I just love that. That's, that's the spirit of the pioneer entrepreneur. Side hustle um, is key. Side hustle yeah. is key. <laughs> Side hustle is really key and diversification, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, so that's really cool. Talk to us about, what you're experiencing with the entrepreneurship environment in, in Atlanta, Canada. Um, well, I mean, there's definitely been a couple of really big shifts that I think were probably inspired a bit by the, the pandemic. Yes. Um, the, 
like the the big buzzwords now are sustainability. The big buzzwords are innovation, um, and the big another big buzzwords. And these are all things we're going to talk about the, the conference, but and scaling. Yeah. Um, yes. yes, this was not th- those, uh, especially innovation and and uh, sustainability. That stuff was not in 2016, 2017, 2018. You know that wasn't even. You know there were companies doing it, but they were small and they were. It was just a very small piece of the pie. But now. Uh, I mean, Halifax and Atlantic Canada as a whole, but Halifax, especially where I mean, we're becoming like an international hub for mm. tech entrepreneurship. And uh, I've I it, I think the one thing that I've seen more than anything else is that people realized when the pandemic started and it never went away that we didn't we don't have to do things the way that we thought we did or that we've been told that we have to for so many years um i remember when i closed the office that i was operating out of and i just always thought i needed an office i was spending like twenty eight hundred dollars a month on rent right and then we were like they were like well we can't you can't come here anymore sorry we're closed and i was like well this is my business and they're like well you can't can't come here and i and and then but after like three months i was like why the hell was i paying 2800 like and i'll never i'll never go back to that again like that was that was a terrible idea but we just it's so ingrained in our brains that we have to like have a business and stuff like a place of business now we all work remotely and things get done and everyone's happy like it's really great to be able to know that I can go anywhere as, you know, I want and sit down. If I have internet in my laptop, I can work anywhere as I want. And that is a really cool feeling. And I think that everyone's starting to, everyone kind of figured that out in their own way. What, regardless of what their business was, they're like, they, at first it was like, oh my God, I can't wait to get back to normal. And it was like, holy crap, I have no idea what to do. And eventually it was like, well, I could just do this instead. No one's going to yell at me. This is better. Why don't I just do it this way? So everyone seems to have uh, kind of caught that their own innovation bug, basically. Yeah, I love it. And and the thing that's great is t-shirts and hoodies are the, kind of become the new norm of uh, doing business. I need to be in the men's formal wear uh, industry. Just a tough little tip-top tailors, tough, tough, tough business to be in, I got to think. Yeah, Kevin O'Leary does all of his podcasts in his uh, in his box. He wears a, a suit jacket and then his boxers, and he makes a point of having a camera on the side so you can see that he's not wearing any pants in all of his meetings. That's so brilliant! I love yeah. it. So, uh, well, so so um, what? Uh, we're we're coming near the end of this conversation. One of the things is well, let's kind of lean in now. How do people hang out with you, Liam, and uh, Enterpriser to find uh, more about what you're doing? I think what I love about this is you're you're really the organization that's the, the voice for entrepreneurs with the with the media company and the um, uh, well with our Enterpriser doing all the things. So uh, lean in, man. Tell us how people can. Hang out, get registered for the conference, those sort of things. Sure. Uh, well, there's there's two ways. Every anyone that, that's ever messaged me on LinkedIn knows that I respond to everybody on LinkedIn. Um, so if you've had, got you know specific questions, if you want to talk, if you want to get on the phone for half an hour, whatever, just message me on LinkedIn. But yeah. uh, anything to do with Enterpriser is all in one place. If you want to learn about the magazine, you want to learn about the podcast or listen to the episodes that are already out, or um, if you want to uh, put your name down until tickets go on sale, which they won't go on sale until probably, I think like August is when we're planning, August, September. Okay. So until right then, on. you can actually go to www.enterpriser.ca and put your name down uh, in the ticket registration list for free. 
And anybody that does that before tickets go on sale will actually get a discount when the tickets go on sale. So if you pre-register, you're going to get a discount anyways. And then that also signs you up for the email marketing list. So you'll get a notification every time a new podcast come out. Uh, anytime we have a new speaker, uh, you're, you'll get the bio of the speaker. When we start announcing sessions over the summer, what sessions are actually going to happen during the conference, all that stuff. You get all that stuff as long as you're, you're registered um, to buy a ticket when, when they come out. And there's no obligation to buy one, but your name's on the mailing list, basically. Yeah, no, I love it. You're you're you're, you're doing the, the the drip campaign focus on on that. I think that's very cool. Have you got a venue for it yet? Yeah, well, I mean, we're we've got two, and I can't say yet because we haven't signed a document yet. But I'm okay. pretty sure most people who live in Atlanta, Canada, know where conferences happen in Halifax. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, there's a pretty big building in downtown where they go down. So, the big building. I love it. Yeah. So tell me. What do you, uh, what do you, what, what's the next 13 months look for you then? Cause you're talking, well, actually 12 months because you're talking, it's April, right? That the, yeah, the event, April. And again, I know that you're a media, you're, you're uh, much more than one event, but let's focus in on the next 13 months of building your business. Yeah. What, what's, um, what's highlights? The, uh, well, the, the events side of it is uh, second nature to me now. So, uh, and the, the amount of signups that we have have really like helped us um great gain a lot of traction with sponsors so the sponsor event development side of it is really on autopilot now so the, yeah. the next big thing for us and and podcast i mean the podcast is is just you know f- I, I love it because it's just fun to do you know yeah, um so the big the talk, big thing yeah exactly the big thing for for us right now is to be able to launch the coolest entrepreneurship and business magazine in Atlanta, Canada next year at the conference. That's going to be that that the enterpriser magazine is going to change the way people expect their magazine for, for entrepreneurship and business in Atlanta, Canada to be, it's going to make a lot of people shake, uh, you know, you know, our competitors are going to be like, Oh crap, we got to step our game up. Um, we're going to, we're going to launch an amazing, amazing magazine. So right now, um, I'm working with some, uh, ex editor in chiefs, or interviewing and talking to them and figuring out who's going to help me run that because I've never run a magazine company before. I'll learn how to do it. I'm an entrepreneur. But... that's what I love about you, man. You just say, "Let's go do it. Let's dive yeah. into it." Uh, yeah. So yeah, for the next thirteen months, we're gonna be we're gonna be building so, uh, one hell of a magazine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good for you. Good for you. We're we're glad you came back from Poland. We're glad that you're focusing on Atlantic Canada. It is a hotbed right now, and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of need for the value you're going to be bringing, brother. So thanks for being on Canada's podcast. We uh, we certainly appreciate it and i'm glad i'm one of your colleagues and bringing the voice of entrepreneurship to uh, to atlanta canadians and, and beyond so uh lean in folks connect with liam he's so right response fast enterpriser go find out what they're doing follow them it's uh, it's going to be great a great ride till next april and then after that it's going to be an even more fantastic ride so keep doing Hello. what you're doing bro. all right thanks